Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. As usual, I am your host, Liam, or at the FSA Tweets on Twitter. And today we have got a jam-packed show as normal. But before we get into all of that, um, I've got my lovely co-host, Rich, here at Dynasty Island. How are you doing, Rich? Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, I had a fantastic week, to be honest. I had a, had a, a, a big win on DFS, in which is pretty impressive, considering I don't really play DFS. Um, yeah, and had had a, a pretty solid week from the wins perspective. I think I was sixty six percent win rate this week. So yeah, was was a very very good week all round for myself. What about you? How the turntables, eh? Um, last week you didn't do very well, and I thought I did pretty well. Um, this week you're doing pretty well, and I haven't even looked at my win percentage because I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> it's been an absolutely awful week for me, win percentage wise. Um, I won in the EFCC and um, SFB, so I'm happy with both of those wins. Um, But yeah, other than that, I don't want to look at my dynasty win percentages because I think I've won maybe one or two leagues. Awful week for me. Had two or in a few leagues that um, obviously got injured, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, But Rich... um, do you have any notes on the Jets game or anything like that? What did you do for Sunday? Have you watched how many games have you managed to watch? Because I know that you love watching all of them. I think I'm at five or six that I've watched since Sunday. I obviously watched Red Zone at six and then watched the late games. Uh, I've watched Sunday night. I've watched Monday night. I've watched a couple of others. Um, I've got the Texans game queued up next. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 I'm, I'm slowly feeling like I'm getting into the rhythm of the season. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll be at the end of the season. It'll, uh, I'll forget how it works all over again. So Rich, as normal, 
we have a look at the highest scorers for the week. Um, so we may as well start a quarterback as usual. Um, the scoring format we always use is four point touchdowns for quarterbacks and PPR for every other position. Um, starting off at the quarterback position, as I said, got Jared Goff with a QB one week. He's having an absolutely crazy start to this season. Um, I mean, a lot of people were taking him outside of the top 24 QBs and he's paying up massively for those uh, that did. You've got Geno Smith, um, about three points behind, having another great game, um, or having a great game, sorry, as QB two on the week. And then Russell Wilson pulls it together, manages to... Um, I don't know, get that offense moving a little bit in terms of fantasy. I mean, in in actual NFL it's, terms, I don't think anyone was really too happy with it. But Slightly ridiculous. Are... That's, that's the first performance, first decent performance that Russell Wilson's put out this season. And uh, it comes in a loss when uh, yeah. he's played awfully the last two weeks and they've won. So, yeah, maybe there's something in him playing badly. But yeah, Rich, Jared Goff and Geno Smith, I mean, two quarterbacks that were going outside the top 24. You could probably even squeeze um, Jared Goff out of the top 30 if you really wanted to make a push um, before the season started. And now look at them, QB1, QB2 on the week. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, You know, the incredible performance they've had so far this year. Jared Goff's the QB5 in fantasy points at the moment so far this year. Which which is nuts which seems slightly insane. Um, But I just wanted to highlight these two because I think that we're getting to a point now where people might be starting to consider them kind of potential super flex starters. And I wonder if now's now's the opportunity to sell. There's me always always looking for the opportunity to get out on anyone. Um, Yeah, I I just think that, look, Goff's not going to be starter next year. Okay, we we can we can say, oh, look how great he is. They're not paying Jared Goff 36 million next year to be the starting quarterback. He's got 10 million guaranteed. They saved 26 million by cutting him. I can report that now. Jared Goff is is cut, okay, at the end of the season. Do we really think the Seahawks are gonna commit to Geno Smith? I mean, I'm a little bit more, I guess, trepidatious about writing off Geno Smith because I think he's been really impressive and I think there's a chance that Seattle might commit to him longer term perhaps more of a chance on that than there is the the Lions committing to Goff but look I think both of these guys if you can get a seconds plus I mean I'd want probably I'd probably do Geno for a second I'd probably want a little bit more for Jared Goff but if you can get a high 23 seconds for either of these guys, I think that's that's smart opportunity to sell. Um, equally, if, if you can move off one of those to a guy that's maybe got some longer term potential, you know, could, could you could you make a move? If you're a contender and you've got Jared Goff, could you combine Jared Goff in a second to go and get Tom Brady? Because I feel a lot more confident about Tom Brady rest of the season than I do Jared Goff. And the, the price to make that jump feels insignificant in a Superflex league. And they've probably got a similar longevity. I think that's not not a bad call. And I don't even think you need to spend a second. I think if you put a piece on top of that rather than like a player rather than a um a pick, then you're probably still getting that deal done safe. A uh, team has Brady and Keenan Allen, for example, and he's out for another game. Do you, can you throw in a Josh Palmer and and still get that deal done? I I think so. So I think it's not necessarily about giving up that second. I think if you can figure out a way to help another team in its needs, then I definitely think you can do it. The only issue will be a lot of teams. I mean, ninety percent of teams, I'd say that have Tom Brady are probably trying to compete this year. And I don't think they'd probably try and give up um, yeah. that for Goff. But also it's worth pointing out as well. We're, we're now approaching bye week territory where, you know, there's probably quite a few teams that are trying to roll through a super flex league with only two quarterbacks. That's when Jared Goff and Gina Smith suddenly become more appealing. Cause yes, you know, we've already got a couple of injuries. 
um, it, it could be that teams are struggling to field a quarterback and every win is critical. Definitely. Um, so moving on to the running backs, Rich, we've got Austin Eckler has had a bounce back game. Um, RB won 34.9 points against the, uh, against the Texans. So it looks like the Texans are just a star, whatever starting running back is opposing them right now because they are awful in the run game by the looks of it. You've got Josh Jacobs, only 0.4 points behind um, Eckler at RB2. And then that is Miles Sanders at RB3 with 29.6 points. Rich Jacobs and Sanders from, I believe it was the 19, 2019 draft, Um they had decent rookie years, and then that was about it for both of them. Uh, they've always been in that running back dead zone, essentially. But do you see that changing now, especially with Jacobs getting the usage that we kind of wanted him to have all the way through his career and Gruden refused to do it? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that we? I feel like going back to the, uh, the what was it, the FF astronauts, the Brit Ballers podcast with Kevin Rich, Brit where Ballers, yeah. it was a constant debate of whether it was Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders. And um, look, I feel like we're still having that conversation. We've been waiting for them to truly produce for the last three years. Look, Miles Sanders seems to have finally cracked the code and is producing in, in a high-proud offence. Josh Jacobs, as you said, the usage was encouraging. Is that the Josh Jacobs we're going to see moving forward? God knows. But my concern is both, both are free agents at the end of the year. Both are, you know, definitely question marks. I can't see with the way the Raiders have structured their cap with huge potential cap hits if they keep Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Derek Carr. And with the Eagles, you know, having spent a lot of money on that offensive line, they've just brought in AJ Brown to a big contract. The Jalen Hurts contract, whilst isn't due, it's on the horizon. I'd be shocked if they're wanting to spend big money on a running back. Could we therefore see these two in, in new homes at the end of the year? So, again, not wanting to be super negative, but is now your opportunity to be selling Josh Jacobs and Mar Sanders? Because whilst, yes, I think they could be useful sort of RB2s for the rest of the year, I'm not convinced they're going to have much longevity beyond that. So if you can, you know, convince someone that, you know, they're they're the final missing piece in their competing team. Could you get a first for either of them? Maybe, maybe that's a bit rich. I think that's a bit um, rich. But yeah, I'd you know, I'd I'd be very open to to selling either, if not both, of these guys. I think if you can combine a second or a player of equal value to them, you could probably push for a first in that situation. Um, but that's a that's a maximum. Um, but yeah. I think it's really tough with these guys because we waited so long for them to produce and everyone's kind of lost hope that they ideally need another few games at top level for people to start considering them as higher than what a second round, like equal to a second rounder. Um, I just think that psychology behind it is too ingrained at this point. Um, Wide receiver position, we have got Justin Jefferson back on top as wide receiver one on the week. Uh, Mike Evans had a big comeback after his um, after his suspension with 30.3 points. And then Cooper Cup, 20, 26.2. Uh, Rich Cooper Cup, he, he is the Rams offense right now. They look awful when they're doing anything <laughs> other than throwing to Cooper Cup. Yeah, it's, it's mad, isn't it? So Cooper Cup has now officially tied the record for most consecutive games scoring 15 points um, as a wide receiver. So that was previously held by Devontae Adams. That's all time. So we're going back to like 1930s wow. in terms of that. Um, so yeah, so if he scores over 15 points next week, that is that is the record. That's all his. But as you said, look, it feels like this Rams offense is just screaming out for a, a second piece, you know, Alan Robinson was expected to be that. He he looks cooked, quite frankly, and and not anything impressive. And yeah, you know, may, maybe it is that they need to go and sign Odell Beckham and, and hope that he can bring some juice because it feels like outside of Cooper Cup, it and and maybe even you know Tyler Higby working underneath. There's there's nothing else. There's not another element in this offense. 
Well, Higby is that second element right now. He's getting the targets. I mean, he's not really helping them um, move the offense too much. He's not that high-powered second option. But yeah, he he's the guy getting those targets at the moment. Speaking of tight ends, um, TJ Hawkinson had an absolutely monstrous week. And I mean monstrous. That was 39.9 points. Um, which, I mean, the Lions without um, Amar Rasen Brown, without DeAndre Swift, I don't think people were expecting them to be able to put up, I believe it was 30-odd, nearly 40 points. Um, and yet they found a way. The, the, uh, the sort of crazy stat where the Lions are the top scoring offense and the lowest scoring defense. Not they're not doing very well in the defensive category, but right now they're putting up thirty points every week, which is nuts. Yeah, so I think I saw that they score. They're averaging. I might get the numbers wrong here. I think they're averaging thirty-five points a game, and they're averaging conceding thirty-five point three points a game, which that combined seventy points a game involvement is the highest of all time. I think through four weeks. So yeah, they're they're oh. certainly fun to watch. That's, they're still one and three, even though they're putting up thirty <laughs> points every week. It's amazing. They're like they're like thirty. I think they're thirty seconds in NFL spending against the cap on defense. So shock horror. It, yeah. You know, if you don't if you don't spend any resources on defense, you suddenly don't have very good defense. Um, I, the, the the thing I wanted to talk about TJ Hawkinson was, yes, I know I've just said, do we potentially sell high on on a couple of guys? But I've seen pretty much everywhere over the last two days, sell TJ Hawkinson, sell TJ Hawkinson, sell TJ Hawkinson, because yes, you know, this is a once in a career game. Yes. DeAndre Swift, Amon Rice and Brown, DJ Chuck were out injured. Okay, fine. But I always think whenever we get these consensus sells, it kind of opens a buy window because I think that as soon as everybody starts hearing, Oh, I've got to go and sell. I've got to go and sell. I've got to go and sell. The price drops. And I still think TJ Hawkinson is a top six tight end for dynasty purposes. I still really like him long term. Now, is he going to put up 30 points every week? No. But if you can go and, you know, potentially buy high whilst everybody's trying to sell him, and I'm not saying go out and throw a first at him or anything like that. But if you can get him at a decent value, I wonder if that's a you know a, a potential move where everybody's so desperate to sell high because he's had this monster week that it allows you to kind of buy a, at a decent cost. Yeah, I like that. I mean, TJ Hawkinson was the guy before the off or during the off season before the season that I thought had the biggest chance and probably the only guy that I would really say had the chance to be pushed into that elite tier by the end of the season. You know, the first few weeks wasn't what we what we wanted for that purposes, but this shows that he can do it. It's just whether he's going to be consistent and. My worry for this is he's done it when Swift and Amon Ross and Brown are out. So if they come back in, yes, his production will take a hit. But if it does only take a, a, what, a 5, 10 point production hit, maybe even 15, and he's still consistent at that point, um, then that's what you need to see from him to put him into that elite tier. Um, looking at other tight ends, Mo Ali Cox for the Colts. Uh, tight end two on the week at 26.5 points. And then Travis Kelsey, 24.2 points rich. My um, benches were delighted that Mo Ali Cox went off. I didn't realise <laughs> I didn't realise how many shares of Mo Ali Cox I had until I saw that got the sleeper tidal wave of weekly updates and every single one was um bench bench warmer of the week, Mo Ali Cox finds the island. <laughs> bench warmer of the week, Mo Ali Cox finds the island. So yeah. I think I've I've got too many shares of Molly Cox, but he's starting. You know, he it, we saw at the beginning of the season it was Kylan Grantson was the one playing the majority of the snaps, and and it was seemed to be that it was him stepping forward. But Molly Cox is coming back. He's he's led the team in tight end snaps the last two weeks, and yeah, you know, he's a guy that I've never been able to quit. He is a freak athlete. He's got that basketball background, and maybe we're going to actually see some some relevancy from Molly Cox finally. 
so rich let's move over to the significant news let's whiz through this because we spent way too much time on <laughs> the highest scorers um we've had some big injury news and a lot of running backs so um Cordero patterson on ir with a knee injury um after that happened or he came out of the game halfway through after he came out he had tyler algier and um caleb huntley split in the backfield there 10 carriage uh, 10 carries each both averaging over five yards a carry um i mean it was against the browns defense that didn't have miles uh, garrett there but what do you make of this situation right now rich yeah, it's brutal, isn't it? I think look, I've I've been banging the drum for two years on Cordero Patterson, and yeah, this this hurts quite a lot. But I'd be, I'd be intrigued to use this as a potential sniff around, see if you can buy him super low, because um, I think he, when he comes back, I don't expect Algier, I don't expect Huntley, I don't expect Damian Williams when he comes in a week to completely take over this offense. I think Cordero Patterson is a unique offensive weapon and I think he's always going to have a home and a place in, in this offense. Um so yeah I'd I'd potentially be sniffing around the pass to see if they're uh, they're ready to get sh- get shot. I mean as as you said um IR isn't the same as what it used to be. He's going to be out for the next three games so he should be back um providing that there's no setbacks in about four weeks time. Um so just keep an eye out on that. He does have to get activated but You'll you'll hear all the news. Um, someone that someone else that's going on IR, another running back is Jevonte Williams. Now he had an ACL and an LCL tear, which is a huge injury. He's he could potentially miss training camp and even the start of the season next year. Uh, for one of the top dynasty running backs, Rich, it's not not a great uh, not a great situation to be in. No, it's 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 horrific, isn't it? It's not something you ever want to see. Um, it's it's not something that's ever good. Um, but I'm now significantly concerned. Um, we've just seen it's it's a similar injury to what J.K. Dobbins had. J.K. Dobbins injured his in the preseason. J.K. Dobbins was then, you know, missed the entirety of last season. Was held out of training camp and preseason, and and we saw him. You know, we're week four and he's finally back to, you know, a decent production level. If you're saying to me, Javante Williams is going to miss for the rest of this season, all of camp and potentially, you know, if you take those same timescales, six, seven weeks of next year, that's a real concern for a guy that will then be in his third year of career. So you're going to get maybe one and a half years of him left on his rookie contract. So, yeah, I'm I'm very concerned if I'm a Javante Williams owner. Um, I think it's difficult because you normally have this panic where people try and buy low and, and you know, there's a load of transactions. I don't know if you've seen it with Javante Williams in the last couple of days, but look, he's my RB16 now. He was my RB8 previously, um, so he's dropped quite considerably. I would take, in a heartbeat, any 2023 first for him straight up. And I'll be honest, I'd take a 24 first for him straight up right now. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 pretty much massively low on him then compared dropped, to where he was. Yeah, dropped dropped massively in in everything value ranks everything. So yeah, I'm I'm seriously concerned about Williams. What about you, Lim? Yeah, I'm concerned at this point. Um, I mean, his value is going to drop because of the injury. Obviously, my question to you though, Rich, is: Would you rather sell now for a 23 first, or would you rather try and hold out until the start of next season when he comes back? and sell him as soon as he's activated off the pup IR, whatever situation that he's in at the start of the season next year? It's it's purely roster dependent, isn't it? I think if, I, if I'm if i a contender and I need a piece now, then I've, I've got to make that move. If I'm in a position where I can, you know, hold for a year and I hope that the value does rise next year, um, then yeah, great. But it's it's a purely roster dependent question, isn't it? Because... It's, it's difficult to hold someone that is that higher valued as Javonte Williams just sitting on your bench doing nothing for you, quite frankly. Um, moving on to some more news, Rich. We've got Jahan Dotson, um, the guy that you were banging the drum for as the wide receiver six in this class, and it as in a, a six receiver, receiver group rather than a five receiver group. Um, he's out till about week seven 
with a hamstring injury. Um, Amon Rice and Brown and DeAndre Swift uh, were both declared out last week. Swift was kind of expected. Um, he's likely out this week too. Amon Rice and Brown, though, he had a or what looks to be a high ankle sprain. They haven't really released too much information on that. Um, he could be out this week too, so just something to take note of. This is a name, listeners, you should remember from the end of last week, and we'll talk about him a little bit at the end of this show. Um, but Traylon Burke's turf toe um, injury during the game is out for at least three weeks. Rich, um, not the greatest time to pick him for our flex off um, competition, <laughs> but I'm yeah. sure that is at the bottom of Traylon Burke's worries right now. Yeah, I'm getting concerned on Traylon Burke's. And it feels like it's one thing after the other since he was drafted. We had the the conditioning issues. We had the potential asthma. We had not picking things up. We've had basically not being a starter and running part, you know, only partial routes. He slowly started to carve out a bigger role, but still hasn't got the production. And now he's injured again. And it's just when that all starts to happen, I start to think, I wonder if it's ever going to happen for Traylon Burks, which seems ridiculous. I'm saying this in, in you know, four games into we his NFL career. But when stuff like this starts to happen, you know, we know the numbers of rookies that don't produce in their first year, their hit rate moving forward isn't particularly great. So, yeah, I'm I'm concerned about Traylon Burks and I'm, I'm maybe seeing if I can... Uh, you know, if there's a Burke's truther in my league that is still holding him up as, you know, let's not forget this was that he was the wide receiver one, wide receiver two for a lot of people. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder if you can, you can still sell high on that that potential, um, because I'm I'm getting really concerned about. I don't know if it's ever gonna the lights ever gonna come on as such. What would you be selling him for right now? First, I'd, I'd take a twenty three first. Yeah, um, if I could. Less. I don't think you need I'd probably take two seconds but that feels like I'm selling low um, if I could get Jameson Williams straight up I'd do that if I could get Johan Dotson straight up I'd do that if I could get George Pickens straight up I'd do that um, you know if we were drafting right now I think Traylon Burks would be my wide receiver seven out of the, the rookies um, so yeah, I'd, I'd take any of those other guys. I think if you can make a move, you know, could you could you add what a second to Traylon Burks to go and get Chris Olave or Rashad Bateman or something like that? I'd probably can be considering that as well. Yeah, I, I can see adding a second to go and get one of the other um, one of the other wide receivers from this rookie class that has shown out already. Um, Another running back that's had an, uh, an injury this time to his ankle was Jonathan Taylor. He, he left the game, um, I believe, Rich. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, but he might have a high ankle sprain. Again, no news right now because it's Tuesday. Um, we probably do this show on the wrong day for significant news. <laughs> um, uh, but it's a short week this week. They're on the, the Colts are on Thursday night football, so it's very unlikely that he's going to play. Um, in that game, Brian Hoyer left the game very early on. I think it was the second series, um, uh, maybe even the first series, thinking about it, um, with a head injury. So, Bailey Zappi, the fourth round rookie wide uh, quarterback, came in as the essentially third string quarterback for the Patriots. Rich, um, did you ever see Bailey Zappi being the first rookie wide, uh, first rookie? QB to make his debut this year. Was that right? Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it, I don't. it is the, I the second yeah. guy. I suppose Malik Willis took some snaps, didn't he? But that probably doesn't count. Um, but yeah, I personally wouldn't count that. But yes, okay. Yeah, I yeah, suppose you're right. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was quite impressed with him. Um, I think he's going to be a career backup. I don't think he's ever going to carve out a role as a starter. I don't think he's got the. Uh, physical tools to do that but in terms of distributing the ball and you know running the offense he, he was solid um yeah i'm certainly not going out and picking him up in any or trading for him in any super flex leagues that's for sure i'll pick him up but i'm not trading for him 
um, but he needs to start watching that play clock because you know exactly what I'm going to say. Three seconds after the play clock has finished, he can't be. Well, doing the fact that. That he, he, he down, was lucky. The fact the clock got to zero, restarted to forty, and got yeah. down to thirty nine or thirty eight or whatever it was when they snapped yeah, the ball. It was ridiculous. ridiculous. It was. Um, not salty about that whatsoever. Moving on, so Dap Prescott. Um, Bit of news around him coming back week five. We thought he might do. Um, Jerry Jones, the GM for and the owner for the Dallas Cowboys, admitted that he can't, he still can't grip a ball properly. So um, week six is more realistic for him, maybe even later than that. Makes perfect sense. Why rushing back? Cooper Rush exactly. is playing well, winning games. You'd Cooper rather... Rush is undefeated in his career, let alone this season. That's nuts. You'd you'd rather say to Cooper Rush, you know, you keep doing what you're doing. Let's let Dak rest as long as possible, get him fully healed, and, and you don't have to rush him back. And then last bit of news that's pretty that's just on here for a bit of good um, good vibes before we move on. Brian Robinson is to be activated before the week five games. That is where everything is pointing. So. Um, after having a few shots into his lower extremities, as it was reported. Um, yeah, Brian Robinson should be coming back. Rich, I'm thinking that's a little... Oh, you need to sell before that happens on Antonio Gibson because all those questions are coming back. I've been saying it since the start of the season. If you have Antonio Gibson, you need to either sell him or you're just hoping that all of the preseason hype around Brian uh, Brian Robinson was wrong and and that isn't going to be a split backfield as much as people thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult, isn't it? I think there's, there's probably not many people buying Antonio Gibson with this new floating around, so maybe that's, that's a difficult transaction to make. But yeah, look, it's incredible that he's made such a swift recovery and let's hope exactly. that he can carve out that role in this offence that, that we all expected and, and he was expecting before this this incident happens. So moving on to the dynasty stock market, Rich, as usual, start with the risers. Um, you've got Damian Pierce on here. Um, I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people were taking because of that situation. There was a lot of news coming out during the preseason that he was the um, starter there. He was the lead back. And then Marlon Mack, who was arguably one of the biggest pieces of competition which says everything about that backfield, um, got cut. So Damian Pierce, he had a slow start to the season and then absolutely had a day. Um, where do you want to go with Damian Pierce right now? Are you selling high? Are you? How do you feel about him? I'm, I'm selling high, absolutely, because I don't. I still don't believe that he's an elite talent. I think he's good, um, but I don't think he's he's going to be anything special. If I can get a first for him, which seems to be the price quoted around, I'm, I'm absolutely taking that. The one piece of kind of, I guess, information from Sunday that I'm taking is he out-targeted Rex Burkhead, which is I was convinced that he was not a good enough pass catcher to ever have that role. And yes, you know, he 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 had six targets and I know you got eight yards, which isn't exactly incredible. Um, but the fact that he saw six targets to Burkhead's five, I think, is noteworthy. So, yeah, as I said, I've not watched this game yet. That's next on my list. Um, so I'm very intrigued to, to see what Damien Pierce um, kind of d- did and and looks like moving forward. Quite frankly. Another rise you've got on this list, Rich, is J.K. Dobbins. I mean. For this week, it seemed like it was the week for running backs to score multiple touchdowns. You had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, Austin Eckler, J.K. Dobbins. Um, multiple, multiple running backs scored two touchdowns, whether it was two on the ground or one in the air, one on the ground. But um, this was J.K. Dobbins's welcome back game after his big injury that we've already spoken about. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Thought he looked fantastic. Still didn't get a full workload, um, which I think is is interesting because I think it shows that there's some room for him to grow still. Um, but yeah, I, I I I was really impressed. I really like him moving forward. He's my running back seven now. Um, so yeah, I I I think I think that he brings an element to this offense that they've been lacking and the reason they've not been running the ball outside of Lamar very well. 
Um, and I think that he will keep defense honest. You know, quite frankly, he he's a threat in the passing game. We've seen Lamar getting the ball to the running backs in the passing game more and more. Um, and yeah, I, I I think that he has got the potential to be a complete league winner. Um, and I think he's, you know, if we're talking outside of that sort of elite tier, he's the probably the next guy up in terms of guys that I think could be the dynasty wide uh, running back kind of one, two, three. I think he's absolutely got that in his range of outcomes this year. That's that's a little bit spicy. I don't think anyone's on on that level with it, but I can I can see that as a potential. Um, but Rich, let's move on to these fallers. So you've got Mitch Trubisky on this list. I mean, if you haven't heard the news, you want to break it to everyone that's listening. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky's done. Um, look, I think we've been we've been talking about this for a while, haven't we? Mitch Trubisky looked awful so far this year. I think he, you know, was was quite frankly horrific. Um, I wonder if that's kind of his starting opportunities done now. I don't think he's even in the the bridge quarterback category moving forward. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think you know if you know. Let's say the Lions move on from Jared Goff and they go and draft a rookie in the first round. I don't think they look at someone like Mitch Trubisky to come in and, and be the bridge quarterback until the rookie's ready to start. I think he's now a, a competent backup and I think he's going to be the, you know, the next Chad Henney, Chase Daniel, guys like that, that, that are just going to get paid an awful lot of money to sit on the bench and, and warm it basically. Um, so yeah, sadly, if, if you were holding any Mitch Trubisky shares, I think they're done. If you can sell, you know, by all means, try, but I can't imagine anyone's paying what a, a third in a superflex league. You'd probably be lucky to get that quite right now. Yeah, I can't imagine you even get a third for him right now. Um, and then another four you've got on this list, Rich, is Travis Etienne. Um, he had a lot of hype on him coming in last year and then had the list frank injury that took him out of last season. Come back, we hoped for him to be um, fully healthy and come in, take this running back um, room by storm. And it looks like it's James Robinson in that backfield. So, what are you doing with Tra- Travis Etienne right now, especially with his poor outings right now? I think you've got to hold him. I don't think you can sell him because I think his value is in the in the sellers as such. But look, the fact he was. You know, I, I loved him. He was he was higher in my rookie model than Najee Harris. Um, he was my running back too. I thought he was going to be that movable offensive weapon that would get lined up all over the field, get balls in interesting ways. And he's, he's got one target on Sunday. Like, this is a guy that is lightning fast, is incredible in the open field. And he got one target. Like, it's, it's disappointing, I think, is all I'm saying. And I think... His, his price is just plummeting. You know, I, I think I'd rather have James Robinson over Travis Etienne straight up right now in Dynasty, which is not something I ever thought I'd be saying. Um, I just think that, yeah, his, his value is heading one way, quite frankly. So, Rich, let's um, head over to Player of the Week. Who have you got over you as your Player of the Week? Well, you, you've hinted at it there. I'm cheating. I'm having two. Um, purely because one one leads to the other so my player of the week is going to be George Pickens Um, I did a little thread on him on Twitter and basically saying he's primed for a breakout as soon as there's a change of quarterback and I think the change of quarterback's coming soon and we've, we've now seen the change of quarterback and you saw what happened as soon as Kenny Pickett came in he was willing to throw the ball downfield and yes it, it wasn't a very exciting offensive scheme it was still run the ball check downs and and go balls there wasn't any more kind of nuanced routes or combination routes than that it was pretty unimpressive um but george pickens saw eight targets he saw you know decent level of a dot he was over 150 air yards i think george pickens is for real i'll hold my hands up i was very wrong on that as a rookie um in terms of the rookie drafts i didn't think he was going to crack into the top seven or eight and you know he's, he's my wide receiver five right now in terms of the rookies and I think that 
Kenny Pickett coming in and being the quarterback and he's been announced the starter move, moving forward, I think he's going to unlock George Pickens. Um, I think the other thing that people are perhaps are sleeping on is that whilst the Jets' defence isn't quite elite, the two corners are special. And Sauce Gardner has been really impressive through through four weeks. You know, I think he had seven or eight targets and allowed two catches for like nine yards or something on Sunday. Um, so I think that George Pickens is going to get the opportunity to break out. And I think for me, if if he is still available, if you can still go and get him, um, hopefully you listened a couple of weeks ago, as I said, when I was bigging him up. But I think he he's going to skyrocket in terms of his production, his value um, over the over the coming weeks. Yeah, he was my wide receiver eight, um, as in Pickens, and he, that was down one place. I did have him seventh in um, in the rankings pre-draft, and he dropped for Christian Watson, um, who I'm still pretty high on. Um, I think that he's going to get his looks, but this is about Pickens, and yeah, we we saw that incredible catch that he made, um, not the week just gone, the week before week three. Um, I'm even lo- I'm already losing the the timings of the weeks, Rich. But yeah, we we saw that amazing catch, and it's not obviously you're not going to get style points in fantasy football unless you've got some sort of crazy league that allows that sort of thing. But um, yeah, we we saw Pickett come in and. Although I think a lot of us in the dynasty community were down on Pickett in this rookie class, I think that once that first round draft capital and the only first round quarterback to go in this in this draft, um, or once that happened, that has kind of shown us that the Steelers are very very um, high on Pickett, and as you said, I think Pickett is a massive. Um, boost for pickings. It doesn't help that these two names are very close together. So you have to. You want to make sure you pick the right one. Oh dear! Right, <laughs> with that, I'm, I'm going to move on. So Rich can't make any more jokes. My player of the week is DK Metcalf. He had 12 targets for seven receptions and 149 yards. Rich. Um, he's now had double digits targets in back-to-back games. That Seattle offense was clicking this week. I mean, I'm not expecting this Seattle offense to keep up this type of, I suppose, speed, this this momentum. But if he keeps getting double-digit targets, he's going to keep scoring points. And the first few weeks, he was used as a red zone threat. He got loads of red zone targets, if you watch those first two games. Um, And eventually those touchdowns will come and while he's getting those double digit targets and if he keeps getting those red zone targets then he's going to have even bigger breakout weeks than this i mean i'm talking about a guy that has already quote unquote broke out but i think dk Metcalf, the ship has kind of sailed on him now especially with that type of week that he's just had to go and buy him a little bit on the cheaper side think that his price has just got back up to where it was pre-season um but rich i kind of wanted to ask you do you think dk metcalf's value increases next year if they do take a rookie um quarterback because i'm still expecting them to even though they're two and two right now i'm still kind of expecting them to take a rookie quarterback so what what do you think happens with dk then if that were to happen I think his his value is not going to decrease because I think that people still, as much as Gino's been impressive through four games, people still view Gino as a below average quarterback and a question mark in terms of the potential for DK Metcalf. So whatever happens at quarterback, if it's Gino again, his value is not going to decrease. If it's a rookie, his value is not going to decrease. If it's, you know, they go out and trade for a Derek Carr or someone like that, his value is not going to decrease. So I think that that he's in an age bracket where his value's insulated at the moment. He's got the potential to increase quite significantly in terms of value, but I don't think he's going to drop and, and plummet like a stone. So he's he's quite a nice 
safe option to go and trade for in terms of value. I think he's going to be very boom bust because I think this offense is going to be boom bust on a weekly basis. But yeah, I think he's going to still be in that top 15 wide receiver talk at the end of this year and, and into next year. So, Rich, let's move on to the flex off because I've been waiting to do this all all show. Um, so, for those of you that don't know, the flex off competition is where myself and Rich go head to head each week, and we pick a player in flex consideration for rules. So we don't just pick every top end player. Um, we look at Fancy Pros ECR, which is the the um expert consensus rankings i had to think what that was on the top of my head then um, and we can't pick inside of the top 36 wide receivers the top 24 running backs or the top 12 tight ends and because it's just normal standard flex not super flex we can't pick quarterbacks because that'd be cheating we'd just pick a quarterback every week um so rich last week um you picked Traylon burks which is why i hinted at it earlier Unfortunately, he had that turf toe injury and left the game. So, uh, Brees Hall came in for me and backed up what I was trying to beat the drum for. I mean, he didn't do as well as I thought in terms of efficiency, but he still scored 15 plus points. He had 17 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. He also had six targets. Uh, he only had he only caught two of them though for 12 yards a lot of that's not 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 on him that's on zach wilson's inability to throw anything into the flat accurately this is what i wanted to talk to you about is flacco was what did you call him last week captain checkdown um so with Brees hall i kind of expected those targets to drop and they have because Flacco is not throwing 60 times a game and throwing 10 to the running backs. But with six targets going to the running backs, is this something we need to watch, especially if Wilson gets a bit more um, accurate in those flats? Yeah, I mean, there's there's the potential for it to improve because, as I said, I think Zach Wilson, you know, he, he can throw the ball to pinpoint 30, 40 yards down the field. But for some reason, he's unable to complete a five-yard wheel route and uh to the running back basically consistently um so yeah look he's never gonna have as many short and intermediate routes as as joe flacco because that's joe flacco's game right now um but i think there is still gonna be a significant role in the passing game for Brees hall the more encouraging thing for Brees hall is that look we can officially say he. this is now his backfield, isn't it? You know, we've, we've had a couple of weeks where it was Michael Carter and Brees Hall and they were sort of splitting 50-50. Brees Hall is now officially taking this over and Michael Carter is a 1B, if not a 2. Um, so, yeah, look, it's it's wheels up as, as a guy that's been hoping Brees Hall for six months. It's great to see. Um, I really think that this offence has got a long way to go. The Jets' offensive line is absolutely in pieces at the moment. We're down to our fifth right tackle. Um, we had Elijah Vera Tucker, who's our starting right guard. He played left tackle for us on Sunday. We're starting a guy that I'd forgotten was even on the roster at right guard, and it's, it's just abysmal. So as players start to get healthy, Dwayne Brown might be back this week, if not next week. You know That's going to be a big improvement there. The offensive line is going to improve. You're going to see an uptick in that efficiency because it's going to make Breezel's life easier. So, yeah, I'm, I was really impressed with him last weekend. So, Rich, who have you got as your player this week? Because you are now one behind you, down uh, two to one in the rankings. So who have you got to try and bring you back to even yet again? Because you haven't had the lead so far. Just want to rub that in a little bit more. <laughs> Taking this very seriously. Um, so I'm going to go back to the, the Tennessee Titans wide receiver well, which might be slightly stupid, but I'm going to go with Robert Woods. Um, you know, we talked about Traylon Burks garnering a, a larger role, and obviously he's now out. Robert Woods has had a sneaky bad season. I think he's wide receiver 58 or something in terms of current production. He's not really put it together, but, you know, he's coming off that ACL. He's He's now getting back to fully healthy. He's seen a 19% target share 
So, you know, he's, he's getting there. He's getting there. He played 75% of the route, uh, snaps on Sunday. I'm expecting that to tick up. Um, so I just think, look, what he is the Tennessee Titans passing game in terms of receivers. So I'm expecting a, hopefully, big, big breakout week for Robert Woods. Yeah, I like it. I, I see where you're coming from, especially with Burks out. Um, but Carl Phillips maybe comes back in that slot role. No. Rich is already shaking his head for audio listeners. Um, so my player this week is going to be um, Josh Reynolds. He's had double-digit targets in the past two games. Um, he's currently wide receiver 47 in the ECR weekly ranking. So um, if Amar Rice and Brown is out, again, DeAndre Swift is already out. We know that. Um, or it, it's yet to be officially confirmed, but it's basically confirmed at this point um i think if amon ross and brown is out as well then that's a massive boost to reynolds who had a big week this week um and i like his nickname rich the serpent of effing death um so that's a really weird that's like nickname's a weird name sorry it's a weird nickname my rules for nicknames they have to shorten and they have to end in a y otherwise you're not allowed nicknames they have to end in a Y. Yeah, come on. Like, you know, you, you're you're Lee rather than Liam because everything has to end in an E or a Y. So no, yeah, that's 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 my originality when it comes to nicknames. You can't you can't you can't have a nickname that's four words long. That's ridiculous. Guys, for li- for you listeners, um, Rich has only ever tried to call me Lee once and I quickly shut him down on that. So that is the second time he's tried. Um but yeah, let's move on before he gets any more ideas of nicknames. Um, listener questions, Rich. We've had a few this week again. Um, for those of you that want to ask us a question and get it on the stream, we put out a tweet at noon US or noon UK time. So that would be um, around 7 a.m. EST over at Five Yard Dynasty on Twitter. Um, asking for your questions to so respond to that or you can find it me and ritual um, retweet it or some of the other guys from um, five yard rush wall as well but we've had a few so Rachel wanted to get your thoughts on this one this is matt geis i want to say um we'll just say matt so he says that he's traded his 23 first for pits um but should he be concerned with how mariota is playing right now and he also needs to trade one away trade away one of um Gabe Davis, Chris Godwin, um Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore to ra- make room, who should he be trading away? Okay. Let's take the pits first question first of all. Um should he be concerned? Yes, massively. Um I think it's less a Mariota question and more a Arthur Smith offensive scheme question. Um the fact that Pitts has basically been said you're you're the move tight end. You're not going to be, you know, running 100% of routes. And he's basically only seeing the field on obvious passing downs. That's that's really concerning. You know, he's getting out out snapped every week by I want to say Parker Hesse, which is the 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 blocking tight end. Like that's that's really alarming. You know, yeah, yeah. Parker Hesse ran saw 48 snaps on Sunday. Cole Pitts saw 34 of a possible 55 like that is really alarming um yeah so yeah i i i i still think that that's a good deal um because i think culpits is valued better than 23 first yeah but i'm i'm really concerned i do think that the the bounce back the breakout is coming with culpits so keep the faith you you said this two weeks ago with um culpits against seattle I'm keeping the faith, Liam. He's too talented. He's too good. Yeah. It's going to come. Um, I'm with you on the the value. I am a bit more sceptical than I was before the season. And even then I was sceptical based on how everyone was valuing Pitts. Um, but I think 23 first for Pitts is very good. Rich, moving on to his second question. So out of Gabe Davis, Chris Godwin, um, Rashad Bateman or Elijah Moore, who are you making a move to trade away to try and make some room on his roster? So I think 
the the person with least value is Gabe Davis of the four. Now it's tough because I think all four of these guys are probably slightly undervalued at the moment. None of them have had a great start. I think yeah. Chris Godwin's come back from injury. People aren't going to value him properly. Rashad Bateman has now potentially got an ankle injury. People aren't going to value him properly. Elijah Moore is, you know, doing all the right things, but the Jets aren't getting the ball to him. So I think he's not valued properly. And Gabe Davis, outside of that week one game where he caught the touchdown on the blown coverage, hasn't really done much. So I think he's not valued properly. So it's tough to say, you know, yes, go and go and sell one of these four. What I would say is maybe ask around, see if there's another player you can sell or, you know, maybe try and combine two of them to go and get an upgrade somewhere because, um, yeah, you're probably selling low on all four of these guys right now. Yeah, with you on that. I think if Godwin was having better games, I'd probably be selling him because I'm just really unsure about that quarterback situation once Brady goes. Um, but I don't think you can sell any of them for what they would be valued for in my head anyway. Um Rich, moving on, we've got another question, and it is, what running back should I target when selling Jimmy G and slash or Trey Lance? Now, I don't, I don't really know where to go with this one. Um, I mean, this is from a guy called Steez on Twitter. Um, so for me, let's, let's take this as two separate questions. If I'm selling Jimmy G... I'm expecting that sale to go to a contender because I think he doesn't really hold any value to anybody on a rebuild. So I'm then targeting some young running backs that have got potential to to kind of break out. And Rashad White, obviously we saw it this week. Um, I, yeah. I think James Cook is probably a potential guy to go and buy. Maybe some your your guy Kenny Gainwell. Um, maybe even Elijah. Bit, uh, maybe Khalil Herbert. Those are the kind of tier of running back, I guess, that I'd yeah. be targeting with Jimmy G. Trey Lance, I guess that's a, a completely different question, isn't it? Because I think the only person that's interested in Trey Lance right now is someone that's rebuilding. Yeah. So I'm probably, again, looking slightly younger. Uh, sorry, more win now if I'm trying to sell Trey Lance. So, yeah, I'd, I'd do Trey Lance for J.K. Dobbins. Do you reckon you could get Austin Eckler for Trey Lance? I reckon so right now. Um, I think it was probably way more possible before this week. Yeah. Maybe Aaron, um, maybe yeah. Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette. I might want a little sweetener on top of that. But yeah, those those are the kind of guys that I'm targeting if if I want to win now running back to, to go and sell Trey Lance. But yeah, guys, if you want your um, listener questions answered live on the show, we will answer them, but you've got to get them over to us at 5 Yard Dynasty. Um, or find the tweet over on one of our accounts. Um, but that is all we have on the show sheet, Rich. That's all we've got for the dear listeners. Um, as usual, you can find us on Twitter as the live stream or on YouTube or um, Facebook or Twitch. Uh, Tuesday is at 8 p.m. GMT or um, I believe it's 3 p.m. Eastern. If you are going to the London Games, listeners, have a great one because I'll be there. Rich, are you going to be there this week? No, I'm not going to any of the games this year. I'm being boring. Boring and missing Aaron Rodgers come over. (laughs) I'm going to be there in my cheese head. I'm going to be loving every second. Um, So, yeah, Rich will probably get a few messages from me telling you how much you're missing it. (laughs) A little Um, bit. But listeners, stay safe and we'll see you next week. Take care. live a long, healthy life.
if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.